Previously on the Arnie's. And Guy Ritchie would want you to know this is not the 2006 Covenant movie. Uh, this is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Right. We're going to talk all things Guy Ritchie's The Covenant from this point going forward. And like Austin alluded to a few times now, this is not the 2006 film directed <laughs> by Rennie Harlan, uh, starring Stephen Strait. Not sure. Sebastian Stan. Whoa. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Hell yeah. Texas River, brother. Wow, brother. <laughs> All right, so it, this is not that movie. So if you're expecting spoilers on a movie from 17 years ago starring one Taylor Kitsch from the hit series, The Terminalist, why? Also, guys, get excited. Are you still excited about his spinoff that they announced, which can't be real? What I got from the way Taylor Kitsch played this character is that he didn't have a broad understanding of the English language, so finishing <laughs> words is tough for him. <laughs> Wait, Austin, are you talking about his incredible character, uh... <laughs> And Edwards? Actually, I was under the impression we were talking about the hit film John Carter of Mars. They definitely shortened that title. They were like, let's not call it John Carter of Mars, which sounds intriguing. Let's just call it John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we're not talking about any of those movies. Now I kind of want to watch a John Carter. I've never seen it. Maybe I'll watch that after this. I pretty much like Jake Gyllenhaal in almost everything he's in, besides Ambulance. Never saw Ambulance. But um, <laughs> well, you don't Michael know that. Maybe you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, I did notice on our schedule we have an open week next week. Do you guys want to do an episode called "Which Is Better, Ambulance or John Carter of Mars"? We'll <laughs> <laughs> be back next Tuesday for another episode. Like I said, it's an open week, but if you see something pop into your timeline called "Is Ambulance Better Than John Carter of Mars?" It all started here. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three guys that love a good, bad movie. I'm Matt Johnson, and we need to stop Michael Bay. Michael, stop. I'm Keith Baker, and I need to take up a cause. And I'm Austin Terry. And we ride for Zordango tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) On today's show, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I kind of can't believe we're doing this. Last week, we made a bunch of dumb jokes. And somehow, one thing led to another. And we started talking about Taylor Kitsch and Ambulance. I said, you know what, guys, we have an open week next week, so if you see an episode called John Carter versus Ambulance, then you know why. Um, I was kidding, but we kept laughing <laughs> about it throughout the week, and so, by God, we all three watched John Carter and Ambulance, and here we are. I, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it. This is going to be a different style episode. I'm excited about the format. It's going to be kind of loose. Austin and Keith, first and foremost, I, obviously we mentioned that this was just a dumb joke we talked about last week, but once we committed to doing it, were you excited to do this? I want to know what your initial thoughts on both of these movies are. I was actually really excited to do this until I started the movies. Um, I made the mistake <laughs> of watching these back to back. So this was a long four hours because somehow... Somehow, both of these movies are over two hours, which I was shocked Honestly, by. yeah. I mean, the total runtime would be closer to five hours. Who is letting Michael Bay make a two-plus-hour movie in 2022? Insane. Michael, Michael himself. <laughs> John Carter, I get it, because Disney was looking for another avatar, but whatever. I will say there was one of these where halfway through, I paused it, and I was like, oh my god, I still have an hour left. But then that last hour flew by. The second movie, 
paused it. I was like, oh my God, I'm having a good time. Somehow there's an hour left. And then that last hour just like took, it must've been the longest hour of my life. So <laughs> very varying different experiences with these films. One of these though, if they wanted to make a sequel, I would go see it. Mm, okay. That's a good setup. That's a good setup. What about you, Keith? Um, yeah, I was excited to watch these. <laughs> I think I had, I think I had seen John Carter, like bits and pieces of it back in high school or early college. So this is my first time to watch it all the way through. Definitely was excited to get into that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm with Austin. One of these movies, from the beginning, I was just kind of like making fun of it and laughing at a lot of stuff about it. And then it kind of like got better for me as it went along. And then the other one started off kind of good for me and then kind of started dragging towards the end. So that's where I'm at. I think Austin and I may be aligning on the same two movies. Maybe not. Maybe we're complete opposites. I don't know. I think you guys might be switched. Based on how you, you set it up, so? I think you might be switched. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I like okay. I like the setup. I like your guys' vagueness about which one, you know, which one is it versus the other one. I'll be less vague to close us out here in this opening. Um, I made the same mistake Austin did. It, it was a long, it was a long watch. Uh, I think I kind of waited until <laughs> the last minute to do this. So I did also kind of have to watch John Carter and then immediately watch Ambulance, which is a sentence I truly never thought I would ever say. I never thought I would say I've I've seen John Carter. Yeah, yeah here me neither, I am. actually. Yeah, me neither. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll be less vague with my opening thoughts here because I'm surprised on pretty much all counts. I'll start with Ambulance. I, I was not I was excited about the idea of this show, but I wasn't excited to watch Ambulance. John Carter obviously has a horrible reputation, so that got me excited. I was like, is this going to be like that, like horrific based on its reputation? So that got me excited. But Ambulance, I was like, ah, it's just going to be like a shitty Michael Bay movie. Like, I kind of love Michael Bay for what he is. Like, I love The Rock. I love Armageddon. Um, like, he's made some really fun and really great movies, in my opinion. But lately, I think post-Transformers, that's just kind of been going downhill. And it just gets so bland. And unfortunately, I think Ambulance might be one of his most bland ones. I hated pretty much every character in it, with the exception of one. It was just a long watch. It was kind of nonsensical. I had a lot of fun with the action and there was a lot of it. So there was definitely things I liked, but overall, big thumbs down. Um, but the biggest surprise, guys, is this is a, a shitty movie comparison. And that's going to be really hard for me because John Carter fucking slaps, dude. I <laughs> love this movie. I had an absolute blast. It's way too long. There's some weird plot points and pacing where they kind of like go back to certain things. And I'm like, why are we still here? This movie could have ended like maybe 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but oh yeah, they, well. they made a trilogy in one movie. Basically, it's like three movies truly, put together. They truly did. But you know what? For what it was, and maybe it's kind of that tricky thing where it has a bad reputation. I just watched it for the first time, and maybe it's more surprising than it was like actually like great. Um, but I definitely think it's at least good. And I just had a really fun time. I love the story. I was like intrigued the entire time. And like I said, there definitely were pacing issues, but these movies are pretty similar in length, like we talked about. But I think John Carter just moved at a, at a more exciting and more intriguing pace for me. I think I was just more interested in the story also, so that kind of helps. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about both of them. But yeah, my kind of general opening thoughts is Ambulance. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. And John Carter kind of blew me away just in terms of how surprising it was to me and how much I did like it based on what I thought it would be going in. I'll just throw this out there with John Carter. Um, I learned yesterday that Taylor Kitsch is born and raised in Canada. I would have just oh. assumed he's from Texas because every character he plays has like a Texas accent. So I, I don't know why he always does that, but him walking around and going like, yes, ma'am, 
or uh, I'm from Virginia. You've been to Virginia? I was like, this is weird. I don't know what you're doing with this character. So I think he never yeah. lost his uh, Friday Night Lights um, accent. He was coming off of that at the time, so maybe he just thought that's what the people wanted, is they wanted Tim Riggins in space. Maybe. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, they should have just made a movie called that. And maybe it's <laughs> like the Charlie Hunnam space. thing, because Charlie Hunnam's a Brit, and he's talked about after doing Sons of Anarchy for so many years, he like lost his accent. Uh, so maybe... Maybe Taylor just hopped in. He got that sexy long hair. He's playing Tim Riggins and he just could never let it go. And now he's an Austin boy. So now he's just kind of living the life. Barsoom forever, brother. Barsoom, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, cool. So I'm excited to get more into this. Those are our opening thoughts. Obviously, once we get further in here, Austin and Keith will pull the veil back and we'll understand which movie they liked and which movie they didn't, which movie they maybe kind of liked, which one they maybe kind of didn't. We don't know. But I'm excited to find out. So this is obviously kind of a weird, you know, different episode. Usually when we're talking about new releases, whether it be TV or movies, we have like a opening and then we do a big spoiler warning. Obviously, this is kind of different. These are movies that have come out between last year and like 10 plus years ago. So I guess if you want to like have the same experience we did, where like you go watch these movies and then like just randomly pop in and hear our thoughts on them and we compare them, I would recommend you do that because it was certainly an experience. So Keep in mind, though, for the rest of this episode, we are going to be going full spoilers, talking about all the nitty gritty, all the weird stuff, all the crazy pacing that both these movies have and just everything. <laughs> so here's your official and final spoiler warning. Let's get into it. I don't care about your sport or your ball. <laughs> and that is a line from one of these movies. Also, that's a great quote. And I'm excited to talk further into that. I also have a quote that I wrote down from one of these movies. I won't say which because maybe it'll be hard to decipher. But uh, Keith is putting his hand in his, in his face. He Maybe he knows what I'm about to say. Yeah, well, I wish I didn't have herpes. But, you know, we all got to go with what we got. <laughs> <laughs> is that Jake Gyllenhaal in the back of an ambulance screaming? Or is that Tim Riggins on Mars? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Uh, my name's Daniel, but you can call me Danny. Oh, wait, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good impression. <laughs> All right, guys, so let's go ahead and get into this. We're going to do a truncated version of our normal cast and crew segment. Obviously, talking about two movies here. Uh, we mainly just want to let you a little bit know, like, who was involved, but more importantly, what is the reception? What was the reputation and how much money did these movies lose? So Austin, take it away. Start us off. All right. I'll kick us off with John Carter, which is directed by Andrew Stanton, um, who is primarily before this movie was a animation director. Uh, you may know him from Bugs Life, Finding Nemo and Wally. And then John Carter was his first live action movie to kind of helm and direct. Um, this movie also has a very surprisingly strong cast. Um, you have Taylor Kitsch, Lynn Collins, Mark Strong, Sierra Hines, Dominic West, and Willem Dafoe. And then this movie opens up with Brian Cranston in a Union Army's um, officer suit. So how did all these actors end up in this film? Well, it's probably because they spent over $300 million to make this movie. <laughs> well, and Keith, I'm sure you were excited that this movie also opened up with a fun little surprise. Oh, is that Junie Cortez from yes. Spy Kids I See? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Playing Edgar Rice Burroughs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, that's right. So John Carter received mixed reviews at the time in 2012, but has received better reviews actually over the years. It has kind of warranted a look back, apparently. Currently has a 52% over on Rotten Tomatoes. The site's critical consensus is, while John Carter looks terrific and delivers its share of pulpy thrills, it also suffers from uneven pacing and occasionally incomprehensible plotting and characterization. Infamously, this movie cost $307 million to make. 
I think this is the kind of thing you see a lot of when looking at the list of most expensive movies of all time, whenever they were using very state-of-the-art and new technology. I always think about Tangled being randomly one of the most expensive movies ever. It's like, why? It's because it was the first of that uh, Disney style, that animation. So I think this was the same for live action. Obviously, it didn't really work out well. It makes it one of the most expensive movies of all time. Um, and it only brought in $285 million. Adjusted for inflation, that means this movie could have lost Disney upwards of $236 million, making it, again, adjusted for inflation. We don't know 100% the numbers, but if that number is right, that makes this the biggest box office bomb of all time. This movie caused the Walt Disney Company, which includes the theme parks, the other movies, everything, um, to report an $84 million fiscal loss the year John Carter released. And then they immediately had to scrap the sequels to this yeah. franchise. <laughs> oh, damn. I didn't know there were sequels. A uh, plan for a trilogy. I guess there's 11 books, but they were going to uh, kind of condense it into three movies. And the books are actually authored by the guy that originally wrote Tarzan. So apparently yeah, the books are good. Yeah, I'm a big Edgar Rice Burroughs fan, actually. I like him a lot. Yeah, so going into Ambulance. This one's directed by Michael Bay, a well-known, big-budget, high-concept action director known for Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, and the first five Transformer oh. films. I didn't know they made five of those. I was just Well, there's more. Three. Now you got Bumblebee, and now you got Rise of the Beasts coming out. Oh, man. So Ambulance stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, and Isaac Gonzalez. All right. So Ambulance actually received mixed to positive reviews when it came out last year. It currently has a 68% over on Rotten Tomatoes, the site's critical consensus is at top speed and with sirens wailing, Ambulance comes riding to the rescue for audiences facing an emergency shortage of Michael Bay action thrills, which, no joke, that might be the weirdest Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus thing I've read. It's just very specific. It's like, this movie's perfect if you, mix, if you miss Michael Bay action thrills. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool, I guess. Um, so this one bombed as well, but kind of to a, a, a very different level. This one cost $40 million to make, which is actually kind of impressive, and it brought in $53 million. So that means when you include marketing costs, this movie probably lost around $30 million for the studio. So not quite the 200 plus, but still a bomb. I'll go ahead and pull the curtain back now. Oh, okay, um, perfect. I won't go as far as Matt. I don't think John Carter slaps, but I did have a pretty <laughs> good time with John Carter. Yes. The first half, I would say, is pretty brutal, um, but it is the one where once I got into the second half, I was like, wait a second, am I... Am I liking John Carter? Am I, I think crazy? you might be liking John Carter. That sequence, the ending sequence I thought was fun. I like when he goes back and oh. reunites with, with Willem Dafoe's character and yeah. gets their army to come in. And there's some like pretty cool shots in this movie. There's better looking shots in this movie than there are in Ambulance. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith. Well, that's a kind of the perfect timing. You got to pull the curtain back as well. Was my prediction right? Are you and Austin's opinions flipped here? Yeah, I think so. I think John Carter is one that I was enjoying for most of it, actually. I I really liked John Carter for the most part. It was just like kind of the last 30 minutes, I guess, 30, 40 minutes was kind of dragging for me, and I was kind of just ready for it to be over. Did you not feel that way with Ambulance? Did you enjoy it more in the second half? Ambulance is, I guess, I, I don't know if I, I, don't, I can't remember how I worded it. Um, yeah, I guess Ambulance is one where it started off super weird for me, and then I kind of started enjoying the chase scenes and, the, and, and like the... Uh, the paramedic scenes and all that within the ambulance and, and their dialogue and all that. Well, some of the dialogue, there's some dialogue that's just ho horrible. Um, Strange. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, overall, ambulance kind of grew on me. And then the runtime got to me again, and I was kind of ready for it to, <laughs> ready for it to wrap up. So yeah. the middle of ambulance was okay for me. 
Yeah, when ambulance was wrapping up, I was no joke yelling at my TV, wrap it up, Michael. Yeah. How are, like, how are we still in this movie? Yeah. There's like four endings here, too. It's like, how many it's, overpasses are we going to go over? I know. It's like, it's all the, <laughs> it was so crazy to me because, I mean, his movies are notoriously long. I would say, like, no joke, probably his average movie length, even going back to like the old days, like the Rock and Armageddon, it's like two and a half hours. So that's just his thing. He just like has to make them long. But going into this one, I was like, I mean, it mostly takes place in an ambulance. And to your point, I was like, how different can the shots be? It's probably just a lot of like highways over. Like, it's got to be like an hour 40, right? It's like, oh, my God, this one's like almost two and a half hours as well. And yeah, so I think that probably like didn't do it like a good service <laughs> because it was so long. And it just was like the same shit over and over again. Pacing is going to be an interesting thing that we talk about today. I'm kind of with you, Keith, except with like a major caveat. Once John Carter, I started to feel the runtime when he went back to get uh, Willem Dafoe's character. And then once that stuff started happening, like then they're fighting in the arena, then they go back to the wedding. I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel the length here. So I agree with you there, but I think I'm more on Austin's side. Whenever it transitioned back to Earth and like showing us like, I just really like the framing device with the wrap up was really good. Yeah, I thought it was cool with Edgar Rice Burroughs and like, like, because we see at the beginning and then we see what actually happened towards the end. And it's like, he's like reading his private journal. It turns out he never found the medallion to get back to Mars, but he knew that he could like kind of in a weird way, trick his nephew into making one of these people think that he had. So then that's how he's able to get it. And I got to say, you know what? No shame. Whenever he, um, like lays down there and he's saying the words of the medallion to go back to Mars. I got a little misty. I was like, this is cool. I was like, yeah. this, is, this is a nice like moment that. <laughs> when that happened. And I was like, misty. I, I literally like fist pumped. I was like watching the next one right now. And then I was like, oh, they scrapped them. <laughs> but I mean, what a cool sequel setup. Like I was so excited. Yeah. Um, and of, of course, I have pacing issues with the ambulance as well. But just to kind of get into my main issue with it, I kind of already alluded to it. This movie has such a character problem for me. It's like it's it starts and it's like, OK, I like Yaya Domantine the second quite a bit, actually. He's a great actor. And it's like, OK, so he's the main character. He's going to have to fall into some old bad habits to, you know, get this money to help his wife who needs like like emergency experimental cancer surgery. OK, that's sympathetic. I can get behind that. And then basically after that intro, once the high starts, he's like a nothing character. Like he's just driving most of the movie. Occasionally, he'll like say something like, Danny, this is crazy, man. We can't do this. It's like. What happened to this guy? And the best thing I can say about Ambulance is it finally gave me a bad Jake Gyllenhaal performance. Oh, I actually disagree with that. He was nails on a chalkboard for me in this movie. And it's not necessarily just the performance. I just thought his character was horrific. (laughs) It was like, I hated the guy from the get-go. I'm like, dude, I know this is your brother. That's a tight bond. But what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. This is insane. You can How could you go along with this? Like... And then that made me hate him. Like, I was like, okay, Yaya Dolmantin, he's a bad guy too. So the only character I liked was Isaac and Dallas. I actually thought she was really good and I genuinely liked her character. I thought she was interesting, um, but really nobody else. I just was like, eh, I don't like the leads in this one. Yeah, both of these movies actually have great supporting roles. Um, Willem Dafoe, I think, kills it in John Carter. I think he's awesome. And then Isaac Gonzalez, I was rooting for the whole movie in Ambulance. So both of them are great. The only thing I would disagree with is... Totally agree that Jake Gyllenhaal's character is horrible in this movie, but I do think he's giving the best performance he can with like the lines and the dialogue. Like Probably. you can tell he's all in, and he's not he's not phoning it in. Oh yeah, um, no. like I wouldn't say that. So I actually, when Jake Gyllenhaal is on screen and he is for a lot of ambulance, I was more invested in his performance than I was in Taylor Kitsch and John Carter. Mm, okay, Taylor Kitsch I think seems bored in John Carter. Yeah, I, I think I agree with Austin that I don't think his 
Jake's performance as necessarily bad, but I do agree with you, Matthew. Like the character, like you said, is horrific. I was laughing out loud so <laughs> many times in watching Ambulance. All everything that came out of his character's mouth, which is so comical and clunky. I thought he was funny though. Like I wasn't laughing at the movie. I was laughing like yeah. at the jokes <laughs> well, he was yeah. making. Yeah, some of the dialogue was always like, was this most is this supposed to be funny or is he supposed to is he supposed to is he supposed to be menacing <laughs> is he trying to be menacing here or is he actually just that much of like a smart ass and just that sarcastic i couldn't yeah, tell it's bizarre and it's like the whole movie i wanted to root for i guess will is yaya's character i wanted to root for him but then he just like kept going back into it, it was so weird to watch him like kind of conspire with isaac gonzalez to like stop his brother but then it, then the next scene is them sitting in the front seat like singing music together and yaya's like Hey, pass me an earbud, bro. It's like, what? What are you doing? There's like people dying everywhere. You're causing all these accidents. It's like, hey, let's jam out together, man. Just like the old days. Like, what are you doing? Uh, it's just so weird. I mean, I think my problem with Danny, who's Jake Gyllenhaal's character, is um, I, I just there was never a moment where I was like, I understand why Will has to work with Danny. I just didn't really get it. And then. I am with you, Austin. Though. Like, I, I thought it was a, not a great performance, but he definitely didn't phone it in. He did the best he could. I mean, whenever somebody looks at your adoptive brother and, and calls them your pretend brother twice, there, there's only so much you can do whenever you have to walk up and kill them and go, he's my real brother. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? I just like, started exploding with laughter. <laughs> it's like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. No, he's not. You, what'd you call him? My pretend brother? He's my real brother. <laughs> and like, executes yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be a badass moment, but unfortunately, not quite. Well, Ambulance spends most of its time with Jake Gyllenhaal riding in the back of an ambulance. What about John Carter, where Taylor Kitsch is riding on the back of a camel uh, surrounded by hatchlings? <laughs> Austin sent us a picture, <laughs> clearly last night while he was watching John Carter. Yeah. It was just a screenshot of Taylor Kitsch, like half naked, covered in like these weird green alien hatchlings. And Austin was like, do you think at this moment Taylor Kitsch was like, how did my career get here? And the answer is, Austin, I don't think so, because he had lots more bad on the way. <laughs> Keep in mind, this man was the breakout star of Friday Night Lights, and he went on to do uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, Battleship, this, the biggest box office bomb of all time, and True Detective. Oh, oh sorry, True Detective Season 2. <laughs> he can't catch a break! <laughs> You can't keep him down because he comes back with the hit Amazon Prime show, The Terminalist. As Ben Edwards getting his own spinoff. And maybe will he come back in season two? Who knows? Our brother. <laughs> Bar soon, brother. So jumping back into John Carter, um, I mentioned it earlier. I don't think Taylor Kitsch is very good in this movie. He's kind of hollow. He has a weird country accent the whole time. He's also a Confederate soldier, which they just throw that out there one day, yeah. which is kind of weird. A lot of movies do that. A lot of these types of stories do that. And like... It would be interesting to at least explore it a little bit. Like, did he just happen to live there and was drafted and had to? Like, it, it's just weird that that's just part of his past and they never really talk about it. <laughs> they never, uh, they, he never reconciles with Brian Cranston either. No, he's, he's just giving a, a very weird end. performance in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard when he comes back. Whenever <laughs> he goes, Powell, and it just cuts over and there's just a skeleton there. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> It's like, like oh, Brian, shit. how did you end up in this movie? <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> but then let's also talk about Lynn Collins, uh, the princess, because I thought she was giving a great performance too. And she she literally has not worked in anything good since this movie came out. Like it feels like this movie tanked her career. She was also, I found out, because I was like, where has she been? I liked her. 
Turns out she was unfortunately also an X-Men Origins Wolverine. So so this was their grand reunion. I guess that came out first. But yeah, I thought she was great and had like this really weird like moment whenever they started calling her Deja Thoris. I was like, I've heard that name before. And it made me, I think, realize that that type of character has become an archetype the same way whenever you watch a movie and you see like an old mentor type character and people call that the Obi-Wan character. I think Deja Thoris has kind of become that same type of anecdote because obviously these are very old books. So I think that kind of archetype became pretty influential. So it was cool to see that. I like that character quite a bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think what it com- probably my favorite part about the movie is what you mentioned earlier, Austin, is just what a great, in particular, supporting cast. I, I clearly like Taylor Kitsch more in this one, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, yeah, some moments are a little bit hollow, a little bit boring, but I, I, I did like their chemistry. I actually thought it was kind of cute. Another great side character, too, I thought was Samantha Morton as Sola, who is uh, Willem Dafoe's character's Tars' daughter in this movie. Um, really enjoyed her. I liked that she is kind of trying to find her own path in this weird, wor- weird world. Doesn't really fit in with the clan, kind of forms a bond with John Carter. I felt like that bond could have been explored a little bit more, but when she was on screen, I was really enjoying that character. I was genuinely intrigued and interested by kind of the mystery around her parentage, and then it's revealed that. Because, like, Tars Tarkin is, like, a pretty fascinating character. Like, you kind of love him at moments in his intro. Whenever, like, because I, I also loved, like, him trying to communicate with John Carter. Like, it was, like, just a fun scene. And I like the callback to the uh, salute that then comes back later. I, every time they saluted, I cringed. Really? I hated it. I kind of liked it, it towards, so much. I liked it towards the end. I liked how it kind of came back. Um, but he's an intriguing character because it's like, oh, I love this guy. He's clearly a good guy. You know, he's preventing people from killing John Carter. But then once you get back to their home base, it's like... Oh, this guy's kind of an asshole. Like, I don't like this guy. They they bond way too quickly. Like, out of nowhere, they're best friends, it seemed like. Oh, really? Actually, I feel like, hmm, okay. I kind of bought that John Carter didn't want to go with them, obviously. And then I think he kind of hated him until that moment. You're right, whatever. It's like, I'll save your daughter or whatever. So, yeah, that part was weird. Um, Because right before that, he's still in chains, John Carter is. And he's, like, explaining the reds and the blues and the battle and all that. Then he makes him like a knight of whatever they are, and it's just weird. Like it, it's way too quick. It's all. I whenever I read the uh, critical consensus for this one, where they talked about like some moments of incomprehensible like characterization and like narrative choices, like the one that sticks out the most to me, I guess that would be one of them. But also, uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier. But my least favorite part of the movie is whenever the wedding looks like it's about to happen. It's like, oh shit, what's John gonna do? And then because she's being forced to marry you know, the Dominic West leader of the evil clan of people. Um, and she has to do it in order to broker peace. And John's like, I'm going to stop this, but we need an army. And then it, it literally looks like the wedding's about to take place. And then he has to leave <laughs> to go get uh, <laughs> Willem Dafoe and the Thraxis help. And it took him like four days to get there prior. Yeah. And I laughed out loud in a bad way because this is like, I think the best example in this of like these incomprehensible character moments. How the fuck does John Carter, he runs in like, Tars, I need your help. It's like, no, he's not in charge anymore. How? Why do you think he is? Like, you know what he did in order to, like, save his daughter. Like, how can you possibly think that he would still have power? <laughs> Just a weird moment. <laughs> that does lead into the best line of the movie, though, when he gets to scream, we ride for Zardega tonight. That was pretty Ooh, sick. That was pretty yeah, brother. fucking sick. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you are. I was trying to figure out, like, what Disney was going for with this movie. And I landed on if Dune and Lord of the Rings had a baby. Do you guys like that comparison? I do. I think it's kind of apt. It's it's the weird thing. I'm trying to think of another example. It's hard, but it's like 
John Carter, it was written by Edgar Rice Burroughs. And very clearly, I think people like J.R.R. Tolkien, George Lucas, Frank Herbert, I believe, who created Dune. All these people probably read John, the John Carter series, fell in love with it, and that's kind of what spawned their various creations. So it's kind of weird that then in 2012, a movie called John Carter comes out, and it deserves props because it was the original thing, but now it feels derivative. And it's because a lot of people took those and made their own things, and now we're getting the old thing again. So I don't think it helped this movie I mean, well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. A lot of it is very tropey and very kind of like expected and derivative, but it's a good and bad thing. It's bad because you notice it, but it's cool because it was the first thing to do it. So that's why it feels that way. Part of it, like with the sets and stuff, felt like an 80s sci-fi princess movie. Mm -hmm. Like there, there was some stuff where I was like, I was kind of enjoying it. I was like, this like reminds me of clips you see of stuff from a long time ago, mm -hmm. but in like with a budget behind it. So yeah. I, I, I was on like a weird nostalgia trip while watching this movie. And then part of it, I was like, wrap it up. And then the yeah. other parts, I was like, yeah, give me John Carter too. Yeah, so it's a very Let's weird go. journey with this film. <laughs> it's a movie that could be really easily followed by like a young kid. Like, I don't know, between the ages of like eight and like 12, 13. Um, that's kind of what I was getting from. I was like, okay, this they're, cause they're not going like super dark and like ultra violent with yeah, it. Yeah, not like crazy. But they're not also not like babying it either, you know. Um, it's yeah. kind of a good in-between. That's what I liked about it, Keith. That's what I liked about it. And I'm going to lead into a point that kind of ties into that, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> but I 100% agree. I think the way the movie's made is kind of admirable because you're 100% right. Like a kid could have gone to see this. Obviously, they didn't. The movie bombed, as we know. Uh, but kids could have <laughs> gone to see this. Saw this. <laughs> and there clearly would have been enough there that kids would have thought like, they would have been like in awe. They would have been like, that's so cool. But as a 28-year-old guy, I was kind of impressed with the level of lore that was introduced that no kid would ever be able to follow. They'll still enjoy yeah. it, but I was enjoying like, wow, look at all the, like there's so many communities on Mars. There's so many towns. There's so many different types of people. They all have different motivations. They all, maybe they're in this war. Maybe they're not. Why? Like in both, in both instances, I was like, this is cool. Like I'd love to see this fleshed out even more. So I could totally see like kids and adults enjoying it. Uh, but that unfortunately kind of leads into something I wanted to talk about. Uh, Keith, you mentioned young people would probably enjoy this. Austin, you mentioned kind of the pulpy princess stuff. Pretty cool. A, a big talking point is why the fuck is this movie called John Carter? <laughs> um, as we see in the intro, it just like pops up, John Carter. And then at the end, Andrew Stanton got his way. Remember, <laughs> like it pops up, John Carter of Mars. But here's what I found out. So Andrew Stanton, the director, wanted to call it John Carter of Mars, but for some reason they wouldn't let him. The first book in the series by Edgar Rice Burroughs is called Princess of Mars, but Disney wouldn't let him call it that either because the words princess and Mars would have alienated young boys, they thought. Um, and they were like, that's our target demo. We can't alienate them. You can't have the word princess in it. And Mars is too sci-fi too out there. So you can't put that in there. And you can't call it John Carter of Mars, so you have to just call it John Carter is what they settled on. And I thought that was fascinating because I, I honestly think John Carter of Mars, just to kind of simplify it, or calling it after the first book, The Princess of Mars, those are way more intriguing. And at least you know it's sci-fi if you have the word Mars in there. I feel like this movie's like a marketing campaign was terrible. It's like, what is this movie about? I can't really tell. I guess it's sci-fi. But then at the end, the title just pops up, John Carter. What? <laughs> so I think they really botched it with the title. What'd you guys think about that? I would hope that wouldn't happen today. I think you also could have just called it Princess of Barsoom and you would have been fine that way yeah. because that does kind of get that sci-fi in there. 
the thing I want to kind of key in on is the marketing was really bad for this movie. Oh. I remember when I saw <laughs> yeah. all the trailers, I thought Earth had discovered Mars and John Carter lived there, and that was the conflict. So yeah. <laughs> I came into this movie and I was like, wait, the Civil War? When when does this movie take place? Like I had no idea we were in eighteen hundreds. A hundred percent. Like we should have had at least some idea of what this movie was about. All I knew about it was John Carter is a guy that I guess goes to Mars. And that's all the marketing taught me. And I was like, that doesn't sound cool. But if they had given us like he's a civil war soldier in the eighteen hundreds, and then he goes like, Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah. Just crazy. What'd you think? No, yeah, I'm the same way. When I first saw the trailers back in 2011, 2012, whenever, I was like, I don't, what is, what is this about? This is like some crazy dude like, <laughs> fighting a bunch of like monsters. Is it on Mars? Is it on Earth? Where is this taking place at? Is he a Martian? So it finally took me watching the movie to realize, oh, okay, this is completely different than what I thought it was going to be. So it kind of sounds like, it sounds like um, Austin and I enjoyed the movie. I think I liked it way more. And Keith, you're probably the lowest on it. But it sounds like, do we all agree that this movie is better than its reputation? Because my whole thing is I never sought this movie out. I never wanted to see it because I kind of equated, I think like a lot of people, that this is a huge box office bomb. So that means it's bad. But in reality, I think it was just a terrible marketing campaign. The movie is actually pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah. But if they were like, we're coming back for a sequel, or if they wanted to try this franchise again, I, like I, I was reading that the rights have transitioned back to the Burroughs estate and they are committed to making this a successful movie franchise. So there could be more John Carter on the way. I would um, but either way, if they reboot this franchise or if they try to make a sequel to this one, I would totally see it, but I will never watch this movie again. And they have a good opportunity to do that. I mean, they literally could, the Burroughs estate could make a movie franchise or they could make um, a television series and they could just call like the first movie or first season, whatever you want to call it. They could call it Princess of Mars and you can automatically kind of not have people equate it to being a John Carter related thing because the original yeah, movie didn't call it. Just make sure you never that. say his name in the trailers. Yeah. So I, I think they have a perfect. I would love to see. I mean, I'd love to see a sequel to this version. Obviously, that's never going to happen. It's been 10 plus years. It's the biggest box office bomb of all time. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I would love a reboot, whether it be a movie or television series. I'd like to see this world explored more. Yeah. I think I'd watch it again. Yeah. Keith and I are going to watch John Carter again next week, actually. We're going to hold off on Guardians 3 <laughs> and we're going to uh, do a John Carter deep dive. I just feel like I missed, I think, I've, I feel like I missed some lore. We missed some know. lore. We, we got to dive into I missed some lore, lore man. I got to go follow the lore. I got to get my lore, my John lore. <laughs> uh, but I, I asked you guys about kind of the reputation versus how you liked it. I want to transition back into Ambulance here. Obviously, this movie was received a little bit better. You know, it has like an upper 60s on Rotten Tomatoes. It got like mixed to positive reviews. Some people found it very thrilling. I want to know, is Ambulance's reception and maybe more importantly, the box office take, the fact that this was a bomb. Do you guys think this is a sign that Michael Bay is kind of maybe falling out of favor? Are there days of him making these huge epic blockbuster films that maybe aren't great, but are very crowd-pleasing, very like you just shovel popcorn into your face, very enjoyable, have a good time. Are those days done? Like, Do you think if they announce, I don't know, in a couple of years, Michael Bay is doing another similar style of this, as things stand right now, I think he would just bomb again. Like, Do you think he might be kind of done in a weird way? I think he's been done since the Transformers franchise, because remember yeah. he made that Six Underground movie with Netflix, oh, and that's shit. a terrible... That's true. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I will never forget being in a theater and an ambulance trailer played and somebody in the theater just went Michael Bay <laughs> so I think public's been done with Michael Bay for a while yeah yeah. it's also weird that he's referencing his own movies in this movie like trying to remind oh, you right. hey remember when I made together. The Rock you're right they referenced Bad Boys oh my god and right. The Rock 
That's right. They did. You're right. They did say The Rock. How yeah. did I miss that? That's yeah. so funny. That's very weird that he did that. <laughs> Maybe like one Bad Boys reference you get, but you can't do multiple and The Rock. <laughs> it's all the Easter eggs for his fans. Ugh, I guess. It's also his dog in the movie, too, which was another oh weird God. sequence of events. That was weird. It's I got really uncomfortable dog. whenever they reference like, Captain, what's that smell? He's like, we had Mongolian <laughs> last night. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, a we- what a weird scene. You shouldn't be feeding your dog Mongolian barbecue. It's really bad for him. I know. At one point, they have to call off the heist when they're about to catch them because it turns out one of the cops <laughs> accidentally <Took> nitro. <laughs> had nitro in his backseat. So then Garrett Dillahunt's like, get nitro out of there. Call it off. So yeah. the movie got extended <laughs> because nitro... <laughs> was accidentally in the back of a cop car that a different cop stole. Did you hear his dialogue with the the cop Mark? He's like, Mark, you took my dog Nitro. That made me very mad, Mark. That made me very (laughs) mad. (laughs) Oh, man. Another, I know we're trying to wrap up, but there was another weird pacing thing in Ambulance where they're making out their big plan to switch the vehicles. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character literally goes, wow, that's only six blocks away. And so I'm thinking the next scene should be them switching out the vehicles. No. And then they an have to hour go and a half to later, to they get the Thrak to army and then drive the next six blocks. <laughs> How many times did he say, you know, this city like nobody else? I, I was so fucking annoyed by that. And why is it that every character had to say that at some point? Like Garrett Dillahunt likes the, uh, the girl that's helping them because she's like, I don't see like the fucking back of my hand. But then the weird <laughs> FBI agent that knows Danny comes in, and I was like, well, how is this character even in this film? He does nothing. Um, and then Garrett Dillahunt. And we never Garrett get to see his partner from the marriage counseling. <laughs> no. And then Garrett Dillahunt doesn't like him because he's not from LA and he doesn't know the streets very well. And then the entire time in the ambulance, Will and Danny are like, we fucking know this place like the back of our hands. It's like, <laughs> who cares? Does, is, does Michael Bay live in LA? Does he love it there? Like, I don't know what they were getting at there. <laughs> What do you guys think happened to the guy that was in the heist that was wearing the Birkenstocks that had his entire lower half of his body destroyed? Oh getting <laughs> yeah, run I over. Forgot about that. He got run over by his fellow driver. And then at one point he gets pulled out and he just goes, What'd you do to my leg? <laughs> like, do you think a cop like went over and just put handcuffs on him? <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's give a final verdict. Yes. We have two um, you can call them bad good movies, maybe, or good bad movies. I would lean towards good bad movies. Um, which one is better, John Carter or Ambulance? I'll go first because it's, it's clearly obvious for me. Um, again, I feel bad in a way because we came into this episode with the intention of like watching two notoriously not good movies and like actually like struggling <laughs> to decide which is wow, which is the worst one. I don't know. But for me, guys, Ambulance, thumbs down. Is it terrible? No. Like the same way Austin said about John Carter, I will never watch Ambulance again, like literally ever. If somebody like wants to watch it with me, I would rather just go home. Um, (laughs) But John Carter, I I loved it. And like you said, I'm going to watch it. I'm excited to watch it again in the future. I hope this franchise somehow makes a rebound. I hope there's a new movie. I hope maybe they make a series instead. Either way, like I'm kind of a fan of this lore and like this initial story setup was so strong that I want to see more. Um, in this world, or sorry, Barsoom. I'm a Barsoom brother, you might say now. Um, but I loved it. I, I like. I truly was blown away by how much I liked it, based on his reputation. Uh, so it easily gets my vote. I thought it was just a blast. I thought it was an epic, fun, uh, different type of thing for Disney. And uh, I'm a fan of the franchise now. I can't wait for more. Hopefully, hopefully. 
Do you think if this movie had been called the best sci-fi movie of all time and you'd watched it, would you be more disappointed right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. If like, <laughs> yeah, if it had a reputation that it was incredible, I would watch it and knowing me, I would still think it was like really good and enjoyable, but I would be like, oh, wow. I mean, it has like a really incredible reputation and it was good, but I don't love it. Um, so I think that in a weird way, it kind of works in its favor for me that I want to see more because it's so notoriously maligned and did so badly that I'm like, no, that was really good. So yeah, definitely John Carter's the better one. Yeah, I'm with you. I do think John Carter is better. I do think Ambulance has a better performance from its lead, uh, but everything surrounding Ambulance is horrible. Whereas with John Carter, I think Taylor Kitsch is kind of a piece of cardboard in this movie, but everything surrounding him is great. So catch 22, I guess. Yeah, I'm overall thumbs up on John's, John Carter. I'm with you, Matthew. I want to see it again, You know, maybe catch some stuff I didn't catch the first time. Um, definitely down for a series, like you said, or a reboot or maybe a sequel. No, not a sequel. Uh, you don't want to see Tether Kitchen. I would do a series. I would watch a John Carter show. Yeah, no, a series. Yeah, it would be cool. All right. Well, there you go. That is our first. I don't know what we'll call this series. I mean, I know we have a few. We have brackets. I like shitty movie night. I was going to say, yeah, we have like brackets. We have our favorite movie series. So maybe this could be the inverse to that. Uh, Shitty movie night. Okay. I like it. We'll call it that. Can't call it that in the title of this episode, but we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Uh, so there you go. We just spawned a future series based off the fact that Guy Ritchie's The Covenant is not the only movie called The Covenant and Taylor Kitsch is in the other one. And Jake Gyllenhaal, who is in Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, was the star <laughs> of the hit film Ambulance. <laughs> so that's how we got here. Um, Don't you mean Michael Bay's Ambulance? Yeah. Uh, so I hope to do more of this style. Uh, like Austin joked before we uh, were recording, though, we might have to take a decent sized breaks in between doing this style of episode because, <laughs> I mean... You're probably going to end up watching some bad movies. Maybe you get a John Carter in there and you get lucky. But either way, they're probably going to be really long. So if we have to watch five hours worth of these types of movies, it's going to be a little bit in between. But, you know, let us know if you like it. Will we do Six Underground for the next shitty movie night? I, okay. Oh, I'm kind of scared to watch that. I've, yeah. I'm, I mean, if we have to do it, I'll do it. Have you guys seen it? No. It's it's really bad. <laughs> like, whoa. All like, right, really maybe, bad. Maybe we'll try and stick to ones that at least two of the three of us haven't seen. But if we again, if we have to do Six Underground, I'm ready to take that bullet. Uh, I know Michael loves bullets, so I'll take one. If I, have, I don't want to watch it, though. <laughs> um, I mean, if we if we really continue this series, we'll be doing the majority of Michael Bay's filmography. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and, and the majority of Taylor Kitsch's filmography. <laughs> oh, man. All righty, all righty. So before we fully close out here, we thought it'd be fun to do an Arnie's Podcast Awards segment. As always, this is the part of our show where we take something positive or something we talked about, something negative or something in between. It's just something that we feel like deserves specific praise one way or the other. So, Austin and Keith, between John Carter and Ambulance, what do you think gets an award today? This is an award I specifically came up with for my friend Keith. Um, I feel like he unhealthily thinks about how often Luke Skywalker sucked on that animal tit and had some blue milk. Yep, it feels fair. like it's always on his mind. He mm-hmm. always brings it up. Yes. But in this movie, um, John Carter is doing his best Luke Skywalker impression because he gets some white powder thrown over him and then gets handed some weird milk where he then understands the language of the planet. So I'm going to give uh, the best Luke Skywalker impersonation to John Carter. Not bad. Nice. Not bad. Okay. And the powder was white, I think, to kind of indicate to us that it could be a version of milk that he's drinking. It was kind of a fun little Easter egg they threw in there. <laughs> you, you, you predicted my award, Austin. That's where I was going. I'm bringing back the my uh, my uh, repeat award. The sour. I think it was the sour milk award. Um, that's going to Taylor Kitsch or John Carter of Barsoom, John yeah, Carter please. John of Carter, Earth, please. John Carter of Mars, whatever you want to call him. 
uh, for drinking whatever white milk that was that the the big fat dog was feeding him or whatever. <laughs> and I'm happy for Keith because he now has multiple milk scenes in movies he can think about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We could have. I wish we would have gotten one in ambulance. Um. I guess we kind of did. Isaac Gonzalez was spilling a lot of liquid in the back She of spills a lot of saline all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that blood place was just wet. <laughs> it would have been funny if instead of Will shooting Danny, Danny dies because he just like walks to the back and like slips and hits his head on something. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is interesting. I feel like I, I almost have to give an award to Ambulance because you guys both did John Carter. Obviously, if I were to do John Carter, I would have given the Juni Cortez a still working award to uh, Daryl Sabara as Juni Cortez, as Edgar Rice Burroughs, as Ned, as nephew of John Carter of Earth, as nephew of John Carter from Mars, as... Ed as well. His real name's Ed, I believe, but he calls him Ned for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. His name is Edgar, so why is his nickname Ned? <clears throat> that's something that's something I'm going to be thinking about. <laughs> it honestly just goes back to the fact that Taylor Kitsch plays characters that don't have broad understandings of the English language. That's true. Everybody go watch The Terminalist on Amazon Prime to hear what we're talking about. All right, brother. Um, my award is going to go to Ambulance. And maybe it might be unfair because I already referenced it, but I laughed so hard when it happened that I have to. I have to award it. It would it would only be natural. And that is, of course, the best line delivery of all. T- Actually, nay. The best movie scene of all time is when Poppy, which is a character's name in this film, and I think he's called that because he's a father. (laughs) 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 He keeps calling Yahya Abdul-Mateen II uh, Danny's pretend brother. And eventually, our our hero, Danny, (laughs) gets angry and goes, what'd you call him again? My pretend brother? No. He's my real brother. And then shoots him to death. The greatest movie scene that I've seen in recent memory. I really need to understand the father in this movie that they keep referencing because it sounds like he was a terrible person, but then he just adopted a kid and I like raised him. I mean, LT apparently taught him like a lot of life lessons too. Yeah, like. that's like a fair point. <laughs> but they keep like I, saying like, "What would LT do? LT would like, kill." Should him. we do what LT does? It sounds like we shouldn't. <laughs> what did he say? Like LT would have killed your men and the paramedic, and then gone home and had a snack. Yeah, yeah that's like right. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not a good guy. Let's not follow in his footsteps. Why are you wearing his watch? Maybe Jake he Hall? had herpes, and then when Jake Gyllenhaal's character was born, he passed the herpes on to him. Or maybe Jake found out after he put on his dead dad's watch that he was able to unfortunately get herpes from that skin-to-skin contact. So whenever he was like <laughs> oh. mentioning that in the back of the ambulance, it was, it was actually it was not from a sexual encounter that he had had. He's still kind of reeling from the recent news that I now have herpes because my dead father's watch is on my wrist. <laughs> So in, in short, you could say his father gave him herpes. I think that's what I'm saying. Oh. And with that, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and this new format, be sure to let us know and make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Which shitty movie will we talk about next? Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we'd really appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday, of course, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If for some reason that doesn't work out, as you now know, Keith and I will be doing a deep dive into John Carter. We want to understand the lore. Who is a Thrak and who is a Thern? That is the question I have. Um, but for Guardians Volume 3, I'm weirdly so excited. And you guys know that I'm kind of in the minority that I really, really dislike Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So the fact that like we haven't, it's been six years since that movie came out. We've seen them pop up in the Avengers movies, Thor, Love and Thunder, the holiday special. So we've seen a lot of them, but 
I think I'm just really excited the fact that this is billed as like the finale. Like we're actually going to get some finality to this team and these characters. So I, I'm pretty stoked. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited too. And it's not just because it's the end of the Guardians. I just want to see if can Marvel put out a good movie? We haven't had one in a while. <laughs> so are they still capable of making good movies? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm kind of with Matt though. I don't think I really think I cared for uh, volume two from what I remember. Well, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Chris Pratt's always funny. Uh, Star Lord, and uh, hopefully they bring some new characters to the table that we haven't seen before. So. Surprised you didn't mention Vin Diesel, the star of Saving Private Ryan, playing oh, the my true bad. character. How disrespectful of me! How dare you? <laughs> 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 Lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's Media at gmail dot com. What did you think of John Carter and Ambulance? Will Taylor Kitsch ever catch a break? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. We enjoyed doing this new format. Let us know if you liked it. Um, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time for Guardians. And remember, bar soon forever, brother. Clear eyes, full hearts. I hate Vin Diesel! <laughs>